and welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I am David Wilson, joined as always by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Miami Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, how's it going? It's going great, David. Yeah, we are sitting here in the uh, press box at Alex Rodriguez Park at Mark Light Field. Uh, it was media day for Miami baseball, so we uh, figured we'd do a little baseball episode uh, because it's supposed to be a good season here in Miami. We'll obviously talk a little bit of football at the end. Not a ton of news, but Rob Likens officially announced as a new wide receivers coach, so we'll kind of give our quick thoughts on him at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Blake James wanted us to do, we're going to talk about baseball today um, because Miami, right. number three in the D1 baseball poll, um, best team they've had since, you know, on paper, the best team they've had since, I don't know, the since last time they went to? several years. Yeah, like, <laughs> since a few years, yeah. yeah. Um, a few years. Least. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons to be excited about this team, and it kind of all starts with the offense, I think. I mean, the pitchers are, you know, that's kind of always the heart and soul of the team, but Miami's had a lot of good pitchers over the last, you know, five to six years, but it hasn't turned into results at the uh, in the win right. column because of the offense has been a problem, but last year they kind of figured it out. and um, Yes, they did. And it bring back pretty much everyone from that lineup last year that was really productive. And they have three... Uh, you know, three three kids that combined for 49 home runs, um, which is amazing because I can remember not that long ago. I mean, they struggled to hit yeah. anything. I mean, just two any years ago, they, were last hits. Number, they missed a tournament two years in a row in uh, 17 and 18, and those were two just miserable offenses. Yeah, and defenses, and they have to yeah. they have to they have to improve their mm-hmm. weakness. I mean. You know, Gino told me, Gino Damari, the coach, baseball coach, told me today that, you know, that's their, he, yeah. he said it there, that's our Achilles heel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have to get that cleaned up, the defense. But the hitting, David, is uh, the power hitting is, yeah, that's... is really impressive. So I, and, and one of those guys, Adrian Del Castillo, who's just a sophomore, will be back. He's not draft yeah, eligible. A sophomore catcher. Like that's, sophomore you know, you catcher. You don't get that kind yep. of power production. And he played, I think he played four positions last year. Yeah. He was all over the field. And uh, this year he will he will be the pretty much the steady catcher. And he's very happy about that. And he said he'll be much more into, in the game, kind of. Yeah. Um, and uh, Alex Terrell, who hit 293 last year, but more importantly he had – of 24 home runs. Yeah, which is one short of Miami's single season record. Right. And uh, the guy, he just, his home runs, they're like in, a, on an, in another planet. Yeah. On another planet. <laughs> they're they're far. Um, and, you know, so it's really cool that he's back. He's number three in the nation as far as home runs go. Yeah. And number one in the ACC. And then you've got. Del Castillo adding 12 and Ray Gill adding 13 and um, I think I think they're they should be in really good shape. Yeah, I mean, I'm I don't, I won't pretend to be like a national college baseball expert. Like I don't know who the other you know what the other top five teams rosters look like, but my it's a it's a pretty complete roster when you you know the the offense obviously was uh, a. The, sort of the strength of the team last year, which was a major inversion from the year before. Right. Um, but the pitching step, that's really where, like, their prospects are. You know, they've got, obviously, like, Terrell's a good prospect. Of course. Uh, Freddie Zamora's a really good prospect who, who's suspended for the beginning of the year, but when he gets back, he's, you know, potentially 
a top shortstop in the ACC um, mm-hmm. and a guy who could be drafted in you know the first day or two of the MLB draft. But their real prospects are their pitchers. You know, Chris McMahon and uh, Slate Zaccone are both kind of first round, fringe first round prospects, and they're not even the ace of the staff. Um, which is pretty cool. Yeah, which is Brian Van Bell, <laughs> fifth year senior. Uh, which is also super unusual. Yeah, I mean, he was a spent three years at Broward College. I wrote a, a story on him today. You can check it out. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, it'll be at MiamiHerald.com and, and actually probably in print today if most of you are listening on uh, Wednesday. Right. Um, you know, spent three years at Broward College. Um, came into Broward at 140 pounds, coming out of Archbishop <laughs> McCarthy. Then had Tommy John surgery after he tore his UCL his freshman year. Um, Miami pretty much offered him like right when he got back, and he committed. Started last year coming out of the bullpen, and by the end of the year had become the ace of the staff. And, and they're going to let him roll as the Friday starter um, against Rutgers. Basically, like he hasn't done anything to lose the job for us, um, and just the fact they feel like you know on any given weekend. Any of those three guys could could be the best guy on the staff. Yeah, they're in. Uh, I think this should be a really fun season, and and you'll be covering the Florida yeah, series in a couple weeks. coming up in a couple weeks. Um, that's always very intense. Yeah. Okay, to say the least. Um, and yeah, I mean, you you am, the last time they got they got to the World Series was 2016. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time for them. Yeah, and I, I wasn't around in 2016. Does, does this roster feel as good as that 2016 good. roster? It's, like, do, do you feel like that's... I, I think we have to see what happens, but yes. I mean... On paper, this, at least. Yeah, on paper, these guys, if they're, they're, they're I think, top 10 in every ranking, and yeah. top, they're th- number three. Number three in the D1 baseball. D1 ball. baseball, and, and they're number five, maybe, number four. Yeah. So, they... they they're good, yeah. They yeah. had they had good teams back then too, but mm-hmm. um, they had definitely had weaknesses also. Even when they went to the College World Series in the latter years, they just they just never got very far. Yeah, um, it's been a it's it's been a really long time since they were great. Yeah, the 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 pitching kind of feels like the X factor to me. Like it feels like to an extent we know what we're gonna get with the offense. Like if the offense is as good as it was last year, it's gonna be one of the better offenses in the ACC and, you know, a, a good enough offense to make a run. But the, the pitching is, again, like I think that's where, in a weird way, like the highest ceiling on the team is, even though you have all these power hitters um, on offense. Right. You know, Slade Ciccone last year as a freshman, you know, he was pretty good. Low fours at ERA, um, but he was – a monster in the fall. They said he got up to 98 in the spring game. So he's a guy who has a chance to, yeah. you know, take a massive leap. He's a draft eligible sophomore. I mean, 98 miles an hour. Yeah. Right? Clocked Chris, it. Chris McMahon, you know, was another guy, high threes ERA. And now he'll get a chance to be an everyday weekend or every weekend starter rather than, um, you know, a guy who was midweek sometimes. You know, there, they had a lot of injuries in the pitching staff last year. Um, but so, like, if those two guys can right. take the leap and Van Bell can can replicate what he did last year, which is a tall order, three a three three ERA for a guy who's you know not necessarily a stuff guy, is tough to like predict. But 
If those, if he can Correct. maintain and those two can take a leap, then not only do you have the best offense in the ACC, you're going to have the best pitching staff in the ACC, and obviously that puts you in position to, to get to Omaha. Yeah. Um, and the I guess the only weaknesses on paper is is that defense, a, um, yeah. especially with Freddie Zamora not there, you know, missing your shortstop. We don't know how long he's going to be out for. Um, we don't know if he'll be back for the Florida series. You know, he's at least out for the opener, and, and it sounds you know they, they said no timetable for his return. Um, so it, maybe it's academic, but who knows? Yeah. I, yeah. Um, so the Florida. Sure I that. mean. The, if he's not there for the Florida game, that's a team, you know, top five matchup. Yeah. Kind of absolutely yep. could swing a series like that, which would be a shame because um, you you won't get to see Miami at full strength. But, you know, also just missing the shortstop if you're worried about your defense. But the um, cool thing about college baseball is there's always certain people that all of a sudden stand out that you didn't expect. Yeah. Uh, like things happen that you, you – the, the bad thing is sometimes you think you've got great pitchers. Right. <laughs> and they're, they, it doesn't work out that way. Um, so we'll have to see. I, yeah. I think we know what we have in the hitters. Right. That's that's what I was kind of – the, the defense, point I was trying to get at. It's like the, the pitching – those guys are all projectable, as they would say. They're guys that have a right. chance to be stars. They have a chance to be like all-American level guys if they put it all together. And and um, I and I think uh, G, you know Gino Damari is really, uh, you know the the coaching staff's done a great mm-hmm. job. I mean JD Arteaga is is still the, has been the pitching coach for many many years yeah. here, and and Gino was kind of uh, you know just waiting for his opportunity. And look what a great job he did last year. They got him back into the regionals mm-hmm. and. Um, but they they fully expect to, you know, get past the regionals this year. Yeah, it's not even a question. So. Yeah, I mean, I think anything short of super regionals would be a pretty big disappointment. Yeah, based they, they on need to they need to be able to um, they need to be able to to host. Yeah, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think also uh, they're uh, recruiting. Coordinator uh, Norberto Lopez, mm-hmm. who's also the hit, hitting, uh, hitting coach. Yeah, yeah, hitting. He's he's been amazing for yeah, this I mean, team. Yeah, I mean he's obviously been a rev- like he turned the hitting. You wrote that last team. year, right? Also about little like they hit beans or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they were doing all sorts of. Uh, they I don't had remember everything. People they from Baskin Palmer. Yeah, eye institute. They were doing all in. these eye drills, and yeah. it clearly worked. I mean, I, I remember I covered the opener last year. I think if I remember correctly against Rutgers. And I don't remember how many runs they scored, but it was like, I don't know, like 17 or something. It was like, oh, that's the most runs they've scored since 20. Like, it was those two years where the offense was terrible. They just, like, totally erased that in one night. And then it, it, you know, they didn't score 17 every night, obviously, but it carried over into um, the whole season. And it was really the theme of the year was that everything that was not working for them the two previous years right. flipped all at once. Um, and they got back to, you know, being a top 25 team pretty much all throughout the season. I, I, I'm, maybe they dropped out for a week or something at one point, but, you know, they were a top 25 team all the way through the year and you know, obviously were competitive in the regional and, and disappointed to lose in the regional. Um, and they bring pretty much all those guys back, right? They lose, I think, one hitter, um, catcher, Michael, I don't know how to pronounce his Amditas. last name, Amditas. Yeah. And 
they lose Evan McKendry, the who is you know kind of their the veteran star of the pitching staff. But other than that, it's pretty much everyone's back in place, um, and you know it's that's why you have high expectations, right? Because Miami recruits true. well every year, and um, they were good last year finally, and and you know they keep filling it out with good recruits and good young players, and they're still relatively young in the lineup. A lot of sophomores. Um, but, you know, this is the year you're going to lose some of these guys after this year. So this is the year that yeah, you're kind of expected to, to make this run. They really do need to make the run. And uh, what? And we, we have other news, too, out of baseball. Beer is now being sold. Oh, yeah. That was a big one. <laughs> beer. Yeah. There's a beer truck. Yes. Right? I think there are three spots in a the A beer in truck, the and so, there's you know, just the where priority. you get your, uh, your chop stuff. Chicken yeah, chop yeah, yeah. or whatever. They sell beer now, yep. which is kind of weird. Um, and that's it. And the same old people will be back, I'm sure. <laughs> and uh, their same as stuff. someone very importantly noted to me, uh, this is from at uh, Witness Whiteside. Uh, it will be all <laughs> over once they add rum to the milkshakes. <laughs> that's what people are waiting on next. So maybe, maybe in uh, 2021. Um, but yeah, for, for now, I mean, it felt like baseball weather standing out there today. Right? It, it did. Was really it was hot, really humid. Super hot. Um, and those guys, we're looking at them right now. We're, we're looking out the, the media, yeah. the press box windows. Yeah, maybe you're hearing some classic rock in the background because that's what's been going on during their batting practice out on the field. Um, but yeah, it feels like yeah. baseball. and It really does. That time of year. Marlins pitchers and catchers, I think, reported today. Like, it's baseball season yeah, all of a exactly. sudden. Um, I think it's going to be a fun place to spend a lot of the spring. Friday night, 7 p.m. Any other kind of big thoughts as we uh, go into the year? No, I'm I'm just, I love baseball. (laughs) I I do. I'm I'm excited for the team. I'll start to get to know the team better when, when... when we see them play, we'll yeah. start to get to know them. It's it always nice, though, fun. It's a, lot, to, like, it's a lot of familiar faces from last year, right? Like pretty much everyone who's got to contribute. Good kids, they always appreciate it so much. You know, when you talk to them, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's a little different feel from football. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of freshmen they're expecting to have like big roles this year, which is different than last year where they had a lot of, particularly in the lineup, a lot of freshmen. Right. Um, uh, one of the guys they actually, I think, have pretty high hopes for is, is the other guy suspended for the start of the year um, with Freddie Zamora, <laughs> Carson Palmquist, uh, lefty pitcher, 6'3", 180, oh Fort Myers. There's a guy who, you know, they, don't have, they don't have a midweek guy figured out yet. That's kind of the thing they're still waiting to finalize. And um, by all accounts, Palmquist could be a guy who could be potentially in that conversation if he gets back on the field at some point. Um, but everything else, like I said, there's not a lot of weaknesses on this team. Um, and I, I think the pitching staff is kind of the X factor. The, the The lineup is the glue. We know what we're getting with the lineup. The pitching right. staff is that's the X factor because they could either just be pretty good or they could be one of the best in the country. All right. And, I mean, college baseball again. You never know. Yeah, it can be a – four-hour game yep <laughs> or it can be a three and a half hour game i've got a feeling your friday night you're here will be close to a four-hour game against uh, uh, rutgers because my deadline is before that yeah so yeah rutgers uh yeah we yeah. know why they start with rutgers right but then they go to florida and i mean they yeah, florida comes here, here. Yeah. Florida so comes that's here. that's gonna be the first like real benchmark for this oh team, that's so. so much fun yeah. you're gonna have a great time yeah <laughs> You're gonna be nice if they're at full strength. I'll so be we'll, at Disney we'll, World. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll <laughs> check back in with the baseball team after that weekend. 
Yeah, let's do that. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. All right, let's uh, switch gears to a little bit of football talk before we finish up. Um, relatively quiet week uh, for Miami football um, on Friday. Last time we talked was right after National Signing Day, so we got all the, the big news. There was a ton of big news that day. Um, and then on Friday, Miami officially announced the hire of wide receivers coach Rob Likens. Um, something right? we, From you, you had of, reported it, I think, a week, about a week State. earlier. Yeah, out um, of but we haven't talked about him much yet just uh what are your kind of initial well, thoughts he's at Arizona State he was the offensive coordinator um and he was let go there yeah I believe but I feel uh, like a pretty good season yeah exactly uh he was there for yeah he, he was also uh the quarterback's coach yeah. there okay so um and receiver you know and of course receivers coach uh so they you know he's he knows about a, a the fast pace no huddle right spread attack it's kind of like they're getting everybody who on board for that mm-hmm. um and um yeah he, he I, the sun devils had a lot of uh receivers with 100 yard yeah. you know they have a good they had games. a good track record of receivers the last few years Nikhil Harry was a uh, i think a first round pick by the patriots uh, last in the 2019 draft, maybe it was a second round pick, but it was a high pick. And um, this other, another young man, um, Brandon, I don't know how to say his name, Ayuk, yeah. A I Y U K. I might be saying it right, mm-hmm. wrong. He was a 15th, yeah, a thousand yard receiver, yeah, 15th nationally in receiving yeah. yards, almost 1100, excuse me, almost 1200 yards, mm-hmm. and uh. He, and and thirteenth in receiving yards per game with the almost a hundred yard average. Yeah. So that's that's you know. Yeah, he has a good track good. record there and, and we've said it a couple times. I think wide receivers is ultimately like what we thought of as kind of the most disappointing yeah, position. Underwhelming. On the team. Yeah. Right? I um, mean pe- you know, KJ was good. KJ was KJ good. KJ was good. Jeff Thomas was Jeff Thomas, you know, sometimes he was great. How, yeah, we don't know how much of that was the coach's fault yeah, but and it, how much was just right. – he's obviously been an issue for a couple coaches. Yeah, but um, I, I mean – But they, then it was, more the, it was more the guys who didn't take the leap. Like Mark Pope did not take the leap forward. D. Wiggins did not take the leap forward. I mean, Brian me, Hightower transferred out after not taking yeah, the leap Brian forward. Yeah, Brian – to me that UM, you know, had no receivers ranked in the nation's top 200. Yeah. In top 200. They had no one mm-hmm. in receiving yards. 
to me, that's well. I mean, there were six and seven, but yeah. that's pretty bad. And that and that and that. Um, yeah, and that Brevin was Jordan. yeah. Well, the offense totally broke down when tight end Brevin Jordan was. Yeah, and, and that Brevin Jordan's forty-five yards game average was you know one hundred and ninety-seventh in receiving yards per yeah, game nationally. Like, yeah. And he's a tight end, so um, that's yeah. You gotta you gotta hope that that's an improvement right there. Yeah, I think I think it will be. He's also uh, kind of interesting as a recruiter, which is uh, worth noting. You know, being the offensive coordinator, you're more involved with as like a secondary recruiter for a lot of guys. But um, he got J- he helped to get Jaden Daniels there, who was one of the best freshman quarterbacks in the country this last season. Um, pulled him out of California. He was a top 50 recruit coming out of high school um, and started from day one pretty much and was their guy and, and is and, the reason that there's, like, a lot of optimism going forward. And there's at, always at optimism State. every year. And, and for UM, you know, they've got the, the Michael Redding. Yeah. Right? Yeah, there, they've got talent and, at and that spot. Xavier Restrepo from Deerfield and uh, Dazalin. Yeah, yeah, Not Dazzlin, although I, I think we're going to say Dazzlin maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Daz, I think is what they call Daz. him. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's a spot where we've talked about it that they have a lot of those four freshmen come in when you factor in Keyshawn Smith, who got in at basically the last minute um, as an early enrollee. They're all going to have chances to play because that was a spot where the development did not happen to the degree that right. And I then you're going to have Miami had hoped for. Yeah, then you're going to have De'Ara King, who's going to like hook up with some of those yeah, receivers yeah, yeah. and decide that he likes, you know, a couple of them. Yeah. So that'll be kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, it, it would, I obviously like, I don't know if they finished top two in yards in terms of receivers, but KJ and Jeff Thomas were the top two receivers on the team, just in terms of like talent, um, you know, importance to the offense. Um, so there, I mean, there's a total opening for some new guys. And it's going to sure. be, I think about whoever kind of gels with, uh, like ends and, and obviously fits Absolutely. well in the new scheme. Like, I mean, this is Mark Pope is the guy, you know, he's a former five star recruit and rivals. In theory, he's the most talented wide receiver they yeah, have on the roster now. This no, is the that, year he has to do it, right? Yeah, because this know. is a scheme that should fit him. Yeah. Get him out in space. If it doesn't happen now, then then you're in trouble. Um, but they've got, you know, that they, they totally restocked that position where, um, you know, the top three receivers. In theory, on paper, the top three receivers probably should be Wiggins, Pope, Wiggins. and Harley. Right? Like, right. those are the three. I think they've all have starting experience coming back, but it would not surprise me if Jeremiah Payton is the number one receiver oh, on the team. Jeremiah it wouldn't Payton. surprise me I think if they think he's Michael Redding amazing. ends up being a top three receiver. It wouldn't surprise me uh, if I think Jeremiah Payton gets a ton a of star. action. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's the so. guy. Him and, him and Pope are the two that I think. If you're Miami, those are the two you kind of hope are going to take the leap Although this year. Although I don't know, like D. Wiggins seems really good at. at, at uh, yeah, and I think he's, he's pretty year. similar to Peyton. You might have a little bit more speed, whereas Peyton's a little bit more of like the I think going to be like a good like outside jump ball type guy. Right. Um, but I think you know one of the Pope, Pope or Peyton, those are the two guys just in terms of sheer talent. And, and honestly, Harley in this offense is a really good fit yeah, also. Yeah, uh, totally. Especially at his age. And he's fast. Yeah, he's fast. He's, yeah. he's similar to Pope in that regard. Like, you need one of those two, Pope or Harley, to pop as your top slot guy. And then you need, you know, a Wiggins or a, a Redding or a Peyton. Or a Keyshawn Smith, who I 
you know, I didn't know anything about him until he committed to Miami, but his film in high school is really impressive. Like they, they need one of these outside guys to pop and one of these uh, inside receivers to pop. And they all have basically a fresh slate to do it. They all would have pretty much had a fresh slate to do it just because none of them are like entrenched as starting number one type guys. But, you know, Taylor Stubblefield naturally would have had like his inherent biases, like who he likes more. Rob Likens is going to have a fresh slate with all these guys and um, they're all going to really get their chance. Yep. Anything else before we finish up? Uh, uh, oh, how about how we talked about, to Blake James today about a little bit more about Ed Reed. Not yeah, necessarily he, much different than we thought no, was going to be his job, but no. But he he he's made it seem like he's, like he's going to be around. That he's going to be around more than maybe people thought he'd yeah, be around. More I than know. even like Ed Reed, I thought let on that he would be around. Yeah, I mean, he said he said he's here today for mm-hmm. he's here for bat drills. He'll be yeah. here for practices. I, I don't think everyone, but um, maybe he'll really get into this. Yeah. I mean, you know? that wouldn't so, be surprising, right? Like, it would be surprising no. because he's got, you know, he lives in Georgia and he has and he a kid has in Georgia. Son, yeah, in it, Georgia right? that yeah. he wants to be around. But it wouldn't be surprising if he's, like, wants to be here a lot. Yeah. Like, even if he can't be here all the time, it's not it's not a surprise that he wants to be here. That's why he's here. Yeah. That's why he has the it's job. A, look, it's, Ed Reed is two thumbs up. Yeah. No matter how how much he's here, the yeah. more the better. Exactly. So and um, and what I mean that was that was pretty much pretty much the gist of it. Um, and what else he talked about? Man, he did, he would did not want to talk about uh, Alonzo Highsmith. Right. Um, and he said, you know, when you have a chance to get Ed Reed, you know. Yeah, that's, that's kind it. of the no-brainer. Case closed yep. kind of thing. And then I think the last thing we should talk about is um, Manny Diaz running, running the, the marathon. Yeah. I, I, I don't White. remember my exact, his exact time, but uh, 153-ish. That's pretty good. Mike Rumpf was Very also good. in it. And Mike Rumpf. He was Ma- not as fast. No. But he was also running with his wife, so I don't want to. Yeah. Come on, he didn't want to run could He could have run faster than Manny. <laughs> Yeah, but no, that that's that was kind of nice. We we both David and I both covered the uh, the Miami Marathon, so that was we didn't actually get to talk to Manny this time. No, I but, did. I missed um, the finish line. Yeah, and it's his his wrong. wife also Stephanie also ran. Yeah, she's like a serious runner, right? Like she. Yeah, uh, she's good. She was a little. I think she finished a little bit behind him. Uh huh. Um. But yeah, she is. She's good. Yeah, she's like the one so, who got him into running. I think, right? Probably so it, no. Like this distance kind of running. Well, he's no, but he's, you know, he told me that he's before he ran the first Miami Marathon, he that he runs every day, and um, mm-hmm. I think they live. They used to live in Pinecrest, and he, you know, he he runs around there, and uh, and he said he net doesn't train. I mean, yeah, he doesn't he train, does he just keeps in really good shape, and then he, boom, yep. just like Josh White. Yeah, just like Josh White, sitting right behind us. Yep. Did not train for the Miami Marathon, but finished, and that's all that matters. And David Villavicencio. <laughs> all right, uh, I think we can wrap up there. Um, you can follow Susan on Twitter, at Degnan. She'll have a Miami baseball uh, season preview story um, coming, I guess, Thursday. It'll yeah, go online. So. Um, taking a look at this uh the bash bros that are, that bash are part bros. of the miami lineup. i like that um 
You can follow me on Twitter at dbwilson2. Uh, I wrote today about Brian Van Bell who and peanut butter Friday and jelly. Starter. Yep, and how peanut butter and jelly made him a made him a star. Made him a better man. Uh, you can also check out all our marathon coverage if you're into that kind of thing. Um, and if you want full, just uh, we touched on some of the stuff Blake James said, but. Susan has a story also today, just yeah. running through everything he said. Everything so. and a video, so yeah. we're good to go. So if you want more on that, you can check that out there. And this is perfect timing because right now on the mound, the team just kind of high-fived, and it looks like we're done with practice. Yeah, it looks like practice is over, which means uh, it is our time to go also. Yeah. Um, thanks, as always, for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Take care. <laughs>